What up, North Six? Welcome to episode number 18 of the Soft Dump in the Corner. We are trying out something new today. As you can see, we got a little audio and the video cooking with us today. We're rocking and rolling. We got my buddy Luke. Luke, how we doing today? What's going on, everybody? I'm excited to be here. Good start. We got to get some content rolling. This is good to have a little bit of uh, video. You can see our uh, our faces are made for radio, so bear with us on that one while we get this cooking. But uh, buddy, wild news lately in the show. We're going to get to that for all of you waiting. We got a lot of opinions on what's happened. Obviously, Calgary's been shaking up the league. That's, that's no, no doubt, no shocker to anybody. We'll just give our opinions on that. Obviously, touch base on some free agents. There's still a lot of good hockey players out there that are going to make some teams some better, you know, or play better, so to speak. Uh, tough wording today on the uh, on the English, but you know, I just want to touch base on like what's been cracking this summer. We don't necessarily have to start out with the hockey side of things. I mean, how, how are we doing otherwise? What's been going on since we last chatted? Not much for me. I'm just coming off a four day vacation from work, so it's uh, it's been nice to uh, be out and about. Had a busy weekend. You know, me, you, and a few other guys, we saw their Chili Peppers on Sunday, which was probably one of the best concerts I have been to in a very long time. So I was really excited there. I had some friends from the States come by, so it was really nice to see them. It's been a while, so caught up, had a couple drinks, you know, and uh, I had a bonfire on that night as well. So it's been a busy weekend for sure. So for anybody who has not seen the Red Hot Chili Peppers... You're doing yourself a disservice not having seen them yet, and you may only get one more chance. So highly recommended. The Chili's were unbelievable. What a show. Obviously, we had Thundercat. We had the Strokes to go on, but as soon as those guys came on, they just started rocking like my goodness, man. Just the hairs on your on your body just jump right up, and you just get going, right? It was just such a cool environment. So 100% definitely really a neat opportunity to go and see them, and um, you know, I've actually seen a couple of concerts this summer, believe it or not. I, I went and saw the Sheepdogs. They were so good. If anybody hasn't seen the Sheepdogs too, unreal. Music is crazy good. Unbelievable singer. They put on a crazy show. Uh, and even too, the Strumbellas. So I've had a little bit of a uh, a good month here for music, which is kind of cool. Gets you away from the sports side of things there. But uh, how about two sticking with music? Have you seen the Woodstock 99 documentary on Netflix? No, if someone else has told oh, me about that too, you're not the only one. And I need to see it. It's nuts, man. Like it's super crazy to say the way the concerts used to run back in the day. And like, I'm telling you right now, you're going to watch the first episode and be like, whoa, that was pretty wild. You'd never be able to see shit like that. Like people throwing like, you know, bottles everywhere and making flames and fucking just causing havoc all over the map huge disaster of a concert but gonna go down on the record books to say the least right um i was gonna touch base with you because i wanted to know too i mean just to chat a little bit something different i'm sure we've caught a couple flicks this summer what's the go-to flick on the go like what do what are we watching here is there a show is there a movie we got to get people cooking on to i'll let you go first yeah and it's kind of kind of funny on our notes we actually have something very similar same in common and i watched this probably two months ago and i know it's been out for like quite a while now but it's uncharted and i think a lot of people you know you think of tom holland you think spider-man and like that's his only role because there's some actors you go look out there and be like he this is tom holland he's gotta be spider-man that's it but he played a great role as nathan drake for uh, the uncharted and partnered along with mark Wahlberg, who's all an a-list celebrity so uh a very good flick i really enjoyed it i mean i played the video games growing up so the story clicked in pretty well 
Um, and then other movies, I mean, these are all obviously bigger ones like uh, Doctor Strange, Multiverse of Madness, I thought was pretty good. A lot, if you haven't watched um, the previous Marvel movies, then it might not make as much sense, but um, it was really enjoyable and it was, they introduced some new characters, so it should be good for the next um, era of movies for Marvel. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, if you didn't watch the other movies or you did, you may still not make any fucking sense. But I mean, mm-hmm. wild, wild movie for sure. But dude, Uncharted, I don't know what it is. Tommy Holland's yeah. got my heart, man. That kid's such a beauty. I love watching his flicks. Yeah. It's probably, I mean, he could be one of my favorite actors right now. Him and Marky Mark, right? They put on yeah. a show, but yeah, cool movie to say the least. But uh, yeah, you know, I just thought I'd throw that out there a little bit different. A couple, uh, couple of pieces of content for you guys to jump onto if you haven't already seen both of which are uh, definitely worth your time for sure. Um, dude, let's get into the hockey because I we don't need to drain away too much. Obviously, we know uh, a lot of the stuff that's gone down. I wanted to bring up a video that we made uh, that was essentially picking the next captains of, yep. at the time, the eight vacancies. Yep. Those being, and I read, Anaheim, Arizona, Buffalo, Calgary, Montreal, the Rangers, Philadelphia, and Seattle. We obviously know that since um, since then, or since we first discussed that, Jacob Trub has since been named the Rangers captain. What's your thoughts on that? Uh, wasn't my first pick, I don't think. I, I don't know much about Jacob Truba, and obviously none of us do in the locker room. Maybe he's a big uh, leadership guy, you know, plays a big role where we don't see him. Um, he plays a big physical role on the back end, on the ice. Um, but who knows what he does in the locker room? Obviously, he doesn't up because he's got the C and stitched into his jersey now. Um, I thought maybe like Chris Kreider, um, you know, some of those guys. Um, but we just don't know the leadership in the room, and I think that's that plays a huge part, and that's why he has it. Hundred percent. And I mean, if you stick around, I know everyone's going to be up to date with all thirty-two teams in the league. Can't be like Jordan who just sits and reads random shit at the end of the night and just wants to know the deep down research, but. If you didn't know this, for anyone listening, last season, the Rangers were going to name a captain. They wanted to at least put into perspective, they wanted they wanted uh, Panarin to be the captain. And he had come out and said, and this is, again, this is just reading through the grapevine and shit that I saw that, that I know, and even he came out and discussed it. He didn't necessarily not want the captaincy, but he had kind of said, listen, I, I don't think I'm necessarily... The best fit, not because of my play and not because of necessarily my my leadership and this, this and that. But he's like, I'm not great with English. I'm not great in front of the cameras. You need someone that's going to be able to do both. And New York's a crazy big market. Okay. Um, so even even as of last year, and I, again, that's kind of where I had my little hints or, or, or my my opinions, if you will, on, on where I thought that was going to end up. Um, you know, for anyone maybe not listening or seeing, go check out the TikTok account. We've got that growing exponentially, which is awesome. Um, uh, but the kid, he picked him, Jacob Truba, to have the captaincy <laughs> role. I, I, I had a good feeling about him. Phenomenal playoffs. I mean, that guy was so good; it was incredible. At times, and I'm not even kidding. I, I actually believe this. He was ultimately one of their best players on the ice in terms of playoff hockey. Mm-hmm. He brings what you need in terms of the dynamic in the playoff game. Yeah. And it's just hard to command. I mean, obviously, the sexy picks, Kreider, Panarin, whoever, whatever, gave it to the kids. I don't know. Um, I think it was a pretty neat thing to do. I think he's earned it. He's had a lot of tough times, obviously, with Winnipeg and going through the struggles and the ups and downs, even his early days in New York. So I think that was pretty awesome. But uh, looking at that list or even the name in the list, 
anybody that stands out to you that you might see kind of saying, hey, I have the, the seven remaining teams now. Like, who's going to jump in that role? What are we thinking? What are your thoughts on that? Um, out of all of them, I still think there's a few that won't name a captain next year. I have Arizona, Calgary, and Seattle. I just don't think they're ready to make that jump yet in terms of a captaincy, especially with Calgary. You got a lot of new faces, but a lot of big new faces. So maybe they'll give it a year or so and see how they fit in the role in Calgary and um, and then maybe make a captain two years down the road. Uh, the one that stands out to me that I, I feel pretty confident with is Buffalo. I really think Kyle Coso is going to be the next captain. Um, even just listening to him on on Chicklets, he seems like a, you know, a genuine good guy. He seems like a good uh, a leader in the locker room from what I've heard. And I just he's been there for a long time, and he's a good player to have with the young guys. So I really think he would be a good leader, and he'd be honored to wear the C for Buffalo, I think. I think that's my my definite one there. The other ones are a little, I don't know yet. Um, I went off the board in Anaheim. I picked Troy Terry. I think he's the Troy next Terry. generation of players coming up. I think he could be a good leader for them and moving forward. I know there's a lot of guys that have been there for a long time, but these new young guys are going to be the next face of this Ducks team, and I think Troy Terry could be a good one to lead them. It's an interesting take. I haven't had that name thrown around yet for for that particular uh, vacancy, which is which mm-hmm. is pretty neat. Uh, I, I'm in the same boat. I mean, realistically, when you look at a lot of those teams, I don't think, especially nowadays, I really don't think their teams are that worried if they don't have a captain. You know, it's not like the old San Jose days where they're like, "Oh, let's strip Thornton and give it to fucking Marlowe, and then let's strip <laughs> it from him and give it to Couture and then Pavelski, oh, yeah. and you guys all take you get a captain, so you get a captain, so you get a captain." It's like, come yeah. on, like if you don't think that guy's doing the job, it, what is stripping him of the captaincy really proving to be either him or that dressing room? It's just to me, there's always that way yeah. more that goes down than we ever find out. Right. But what look does that give? Right. And that's where I'm in that same boat. I agree with you. I don't necessarily, I fucking Arizona, don't even worry about them. They won't name a captain for the four years they're playing at their university <laughs> practice facility. Um, Buffalo, I agree. Huge, huge future, bright future. Not the time. Right. Calgary, weird one. Very, very weird. A lot of new faces in that barn. Yeah. As you pointed out, there's a lot of vets that are still in that role. What's, what's Sutter think of them? Right. I mean, that's really what it comes down to. If you if they bring in a guy who's capable of handling captaincy on day one, I would argue Sutter's the kind of guy that says, yeah, I want a captain in my locker room, but mm-hmm. I want it to be a guy that I trust. Yeah. Whether he doesn't trust them or not, that's that's an honest opinion. I don't know. I'm sure that right. there's plenty of people on that squad that are capable of it. Yeah. Um, but even to the other ones, Montreal, New, I mean, like I said, New York's been filled, Philly, Seattle. <laughs> Does it? Do they have to name one? No, absolutely not. You look at a lot of these teams and they're not necessarily rebuilding, um, but just coming out of either recent success or or potentially in a transition, right? Montreal just made it to the cup finals. They get rid of Price, or excuse me, they get rid of Weber, and now Price isn't there. So who's your leader there, right? Realistically, I don't know. My one guy, Brandon Gallagher, you could argue it could go to the young kids. I don't see it personally, not that they're not capable of it but to see a little bit of the reins spread out differently between what weber and price used to do i think gallagher is a tremendous guy to learn from there really isn't anybody on that team that works harder than that guy out there yep. there's not you can yep. you can argue all you want but he is literally the heart and soul of that team now yep. in my opinion my opinion at least um and then obviously philly seattle 
total ballpark it really i mean seattle i think would like to have one uh generally because they are a new franchise they got a lot of really good vets in the place they don't need to either again with veneers and shane Wright now in the organization they might play that card too let's just give the kids all a couple a's see what they want to do see who proves himself first and go Mm -hmm. from there right so Mm -hmm. it's a tough it's a tough one to pick everybody can kind of sit there and say oh this person this person we don't know much like you said, we're not sitting there a fly in the dressing room as much as I'd love to be. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah, we're just not right. And I tell you one thing: if I were to choose to be a fly in the wall, it'd be from San Jose five years ago, seeing the fucking conversations that yeah. Big Dick Joel was saying <laughs> about what yeah. happened there because they treated that guy with as much disrespect toward that vacancy as you can get. Yeah. Not to say Marlowe or Couture or Pavelski are not good because all four of them could literally be captains today in the show oh, yeah. um, if they could still skate around the way that they used to exactly. um, but it's tough man uh, what, what else anything on your take on that any other names ballparks anything else you want to throw out there by any means uh, the only one I had down here like Philly I have like they won't name one but if there was going to be a name thrown around Sean Couturier would probably be on the top of my list you know he's been in the organization now for so I'm going to say seven years, maybe oh, eight there. years. Absolutely. Yep. A great two-way center. Been very unlike, uh, lucky. Well, my English is off too. <laughs> very uh, unlike lucky with like injuries and all that stuff. So hopefully he gets to 100% back in, you know, into the mode he used to be because he's a great great forward, great centerman for Philly. And he, I could see him wearing the C. Um, but other than that, like Montreal, the one you said, I had Nick Suzuki written down. Maybe the young guys take a a lead forward, but I, I don't disagree with you with Gallinger, another guy that's unlucky with injuries as well. His hand, I think, is broken like 12 times for crying out loud. But, but yeah, that's he what happens. Like that's what happens when you have absolutely no concern going in front of the net. Yeah. And that's what's character. No concern. Real, if he right? takes a shot block off the mid, if he needs to battle, 100%. no problem. I mean, it sucks, and you're right. It, it adds up, but it, yep. it's the style of play, right? Yep, and if it's not him, yeah, so Gallinger for sure, and if it's not him, maybe they look at some of the young guys that are signed long-term. So Suzuki signed long-term last year, so maybe he's someone that can lead the locker room in the future, but uh, yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, it's such a historic franchise too, right? It's one of those things where you have, and this thing always, it doesn't piss me off Montreal, but it's one of those things where they're very, I guess, is strategic the right word? I don't know if it's strategic. They're very... Uh, specific about who they can and can't put in these roles. You got to be a new head coach. You got to speak French. You want to be our GM. You got to speak French. You want to do this. You got to speak. It's like they have to fill things because of specific demographics. It's not a strictly purely hockey um, uh, focus, if you will, because of so many of the different dynamics. There's not many teams in the league that have to deal with that shit. You know what I mean? And that's kind of interesting because to me, it's difficult, especially nowadays with a really tight cap, to make yep. a strong team and still be able to fill all your wants and needs at the same time, yep. right? It, it It's yep. just next to impossible right now because you just can't do that. And like I said, it's tough. I mean, bringing in Marty last year, I think it was good for the young kids. I really do. We've seen it on countless, countless times, and I probably should have done a bit better research to bring up this particular point. We've seen it plenty of times, not just hockey, basketball, football where rookie coaches come in, not even necessarily uh, coaches that had played before in the league, but just rookie coaches coming in 
doing pretty well, right? Right away. It's that new face. It's that new voice. Yeah. It's that that month, the two months of let's you got a kick in the ass right now. Summer goes around, new players go around, some older players leave, some new players come in. It's not always a good fit, apples to apples, from year half or one, let's call it, to, to year two. Will Caulfield make a progression? Will Savlowski even play? Will mm-hmm. they even, you know, compete? Do they want to compete? There's a lot of different questions that are going to go in there. They basically have Jake Allen as their number one right now. Let's yep. not forget. Yep. So that's a lot to ask. I mean, he's he's kind of been a one B most of his most of his years, and a lot of hype coming out of his junior. But that's a team. Int- that's a very interesting team, right? So. Yep, I'm I'm in the same agreement, man. I think there's quite a few that that won't necessarily name captains. I don't think they need to. Yeah, uh, but I, I again, some some teams like it. Some teams feel that it adds a different dynamic because they had a, a player in the dressing room with a voice. They've got a player in the media with a voice, and then typically, more often than not, your captains likely you're going to be your harder worker or someone that's setting an example, and you want that for the younger kids, especially if you have high end prospects, right? Sure. No better leader than Sidney Crosby. Why is he the best leader? Because he's on the ice eight times a week. Yep. He doesn't skip days off. He's usually one of the last ones off the ice, one of the first ones on the ice. Like it's just, it's their cliches. Works his bag. But off. it's the honest truth. It's yep. just like, like, happy birthday, Cole, by the way. Oh, happy yeah. Happy birthday, Kobe happy Bryant. Birthday, Kobe. If you want a definition of leadership, definition of hard work, work ethic, yep. this guy. Right, that's where you get the biggest differences, and I think that you got you have to have leadership. You have to have those dynamics in the dressing room because they go a long way in terms of gaining respect, um, and then ultimately producing results. Right, it's yep. it's kind of hand in hand. Right. Yep. Um, but anyways, like I said, we can kind of jump onto that. There's there's tons of time before training camps open up. I think we're what 49 days out from the puck drop, so about two and a half weeks from from training camp, which is exciting. Yep. Uh, and, and great transition here too. I mean, you got a lot of those world junior players that we can, uh, if you want to talk about that now, that yep. are transitioning into their NHL teams, right? Yep. The cool thing I found with this timing of the tournament, usually and generally at December, Christmas time, we don't know where these kids were drafted to or are going to be drafted to. Right. There's a lot of kids that played in this tournament that either A, really impressed their uh, GMs, coaches, franchises. Yeah. I believe there are a lot of GMs, coaches, and franchises that said, shit, we passed on that guy for that guy, mm, right? Yeah. There were a yeah. Of players that you kind of looked and were like, well, you're not standing out as much as I thought you might for a first <laughs> rounder. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, exactly. obviously the guys on Canada. I mean, it's tough when you look at the big four. They generally have a lot of first rounders. But was there anyone in particular that stood out to you? If you can kind of remember, it, it felt like it went pretty quick this year. Um, yeah, it didn't seem to garner as much attention. We'll talk about that, of course. Um, where do you want to start? Do you want to do? Do you want to recap? Do you want to do kind of players that you kind of stood out or whatever? Maybe the dynamics of the tournament, low attendance, TV, whatever, like what, which let's just kind of go off on whatever. Right. I'll just get, I'll just give my take. I, uh, well, I was obviously biased and watched a lot of the Canada games. I would be lying to you if I said I watched other games, but, um, if there's nothing on TV, I'd probably throw on the Latvia us game or Latvia, whoever, or Czech Republic. But like, you know what? I mean, a lot of these guys are really good. And I got pretty, like I was, when I watched the Canada games against the Czech, 
um, in the in the Finns, and I believe it was. I don't think they play Sweden. Did they play Sweden? No. Uh, Canada did not. No. No. Okay. Um, but I was pretty um, impressed with the Czech and Finns goaltending. And that was a lot against Canada. And even like in the gold medal game, I can't even pronounce this guy. Jacola, I think was his name. Joanna Jacola. I'm probably butchering that to shit. But even though they lost to the Finns, that goalie stood on his head the whole game. And, mm-hmm. and if it was, and I would have said he probably would have got uh, player of the game for them um, if they won. So I don't know if they, I should have done a little more research if they were drafted or not. I know Jesper Wallstad on Sweden was very good as well, and he's been drafted. Um, so whoever, I forget who's got him, but Minnesota. Is it Mini? Yeah. Oh, the yeah. only reason I know that, ironically, is the Edmonton Oilers had the pick one pick before them. And they decided to pass up on the goalie. And Billy oh, Guerin swooped man. in and grabbed him with the next pick. So yeah. he's a draft pick of Minnesota, which is all the yeah. all they need is another high-end prospect to jump in in a couple of years. Yeah. Um, but yeah, sorry to cut you off, but that's where, that's that's where he is. Um, so they've got a good goalie. It's funny you bring up goaltending. And, and uh, just sorry to cut you off, just to kind of what's on my mind here quick. Um, the goalie I think you're thinking of, and maybe I think there were two that played for Czech. But the one that stood out to me actually was uh, was actually Thomas Shukanek. I don't know yeah, if that was the same. That was the, that was the check goalie I had written down, yeah. Okay, 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 yeah. sorry. So, yeah, so he's a, a Red Wings draft pick. Shocker, Stevie Y. Stevie y. Um, and he was actually, I want to say he almost started in the NHL last year. It was like a backup or something last year. I'm pretty sure um, Craigie Button was going off about his potential and the fact mm-hmm. that, you know, Detroit's got another guy in the works. He was so good against Canada, man. Like there was, oh yeah, in in the preliminary games, not the semis. In mm-hmm. the preliminary game, there was a sequence, I think, in the first period or something that I remember my brother and I watching it and just going, "This kid's made three grade A saves." Oh, like yeah. I'm talking sliding back door. I'm talking mm-hmm. like back door one tees where you got to get your glove up and stay tall. And he's just he's. It's a very tough comparison to make, but I almost thought, I'm like, wow, this kid reminds me of Carey Price when he was that young. Mm-hmm. Just never once looked small, never once made any of the game bigger than it needed to be, was one save at a time, was one shot at a time, was one second at a time, and he just lived in the moment, and he was yeah. just so good at keeping that team cool, uh, calm and cool. And, and obviously, it proved, you know, they, they went out and beat the United States, dude. A yeah, top four team wild. that, like, I mean, that's a whole wild. disappointment in its own right. But yeah, like goaltending was a huge factor this year. I, I really don't think Garan had to do too much. I mean, realistically, no. he looked, he made the saves he needed to and yep. was helped along the way to make the saves when needed to. Um, but yeah, it, it's interesting uh, for sure, to say the least. But a few guys that really stood out to me. That Jan Meshack from Czechs, dude. He's a Montreal draft pick. I think he's a, I want to say third rounder or something like that, dude. Holy man, like this kid's going to mm-hmm. play in the show. No doubt about it. Oh, yeah. um, when you, we were talking earlier about the leadership, about the presence, their number one center, winning win and draws, everything, right? Um, he, he really impressed me. A um, couple of kids on Canada that impressed me. I mean, no doubt about that Stan Colvin kid. Mm-hmm. That kid can play. He was the good. biggest thing that he, he reminds me and so so much of a young Joe Pavelski. It's it's incredible. Smaller right-handed shot, 
loves to go to the net, will work for the dirty areas. But did you see the clinic he put on in the face-off draw, dude? Yeah, I'm pretty good. sure he finished bad. the tournament with like 92% face-off wins or something. I'm pretty oh, sure one game he went 19 of 21 or something like that. Just just ridiculous numbers. Yep. And especially when you look at the show nowadays, the importance of puck possession. Yep. If you can start a centerman in either the defensive or offensive zone, with a likelihood this guy's winning 75 plus percent. I mean, that's 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 not say 75, 55 plus percent of his draws in the NHL. You got a winner right there. Dallas Stars got a good ass hockey player in Logan Stan Coven. And um, <clears throat> there's one other player I just had written down here. Uh, I was going to touch about uh, or touch base about uh, that wall stat as well, but it was that Atu Ratti, centerman of the Finn. Um, he's mm. a New York Islanders prospect. He had 10 points in seven games, which is equally as impressive. Um, and especially too, when you look at the way that they were putting their lines out, they were running four lines a lot of the time. They had one of the strongest lineups in terms of draft prospect capital in yep. the entire team and uh, the entire tournament. Pardon me. They opened up the pretty sure they opened up the tournament plus two fifty to win it, which is the highest odds. Canada plus four hundred next. So they were they were you know the favorite of the tournament. Um, yeah, but dude, yeah, that Atu Ratti. I mean, they they got a couple studs. I've been going off for weeks too. Just my my big main gun and you know who i've been talking about this kid since i've seen him as a 16 year old in the tournament joaquin camel of the fin uh, is yeah. going to be a, a i'm telling you right now he's going to be an easy 30 goal scorer in the nhl easily yep. the kid this, his shot is already an nhl caliber shot he's got the size and he's got the speed joaquin camel everybody nashville Predators, 17th overall pick this year Bank it, because that kid's going to make some cookies in the show. That's for sure. Um, oh, yeah. Anything else to touch base on? I, I did want to briefly, too, just to kind of, not to shit on the tournament, but there is no chance they can do this again in the summer, right? No. Right? I mean, no. does it make sense? I, I, I want to see the numbers. No. I mean, I know the semifinals of, of both Canada's uh, side and... Um, uh, I guess Finland's game against Sweden, right? Uh, we're pretty we're pretty well represented in terms of attendance. But you look at some of those games. I mean, you're bringing in four thousand, five thousand people in a stadium that holds forty, right? How many yeah. people were really watching it on TV? Like, I feel bad saying it, but even some of the games that I thought I'd be super interested in, I'm like, I'm flipping on the Blue Jays game right now. I mean, it, <laughs> it isn't it isn't doing it for me, right? I don't know if it's the yeah. style of play or what it is, but. I found it tough to get into it this year. Um, obviously, a couple prospects you would have liked to see. There's always every year players that could have played. I mean, McDavid could have been in the World Juniors for it felt like ten fucking years. Um, but there, you know, Owen Power, Shane Wright, Matty Berniers weren't there. I mean, when you get this close to training camp, I, I was shocked in its own right that Anaheim even let McTavish go. He must have worked pretty hard and said a lot of things to get himself to be able to go, but. Um, yep. It just surprised me that, uh, you know, some of those players that, you know, might be able to play in the show this year didn't choose to go, didn't maybe didn't want to go. Um, mm -hmm. So that kind of didn't help with the attendance. And then obviously the TV ratings. I'm well, surely we will see those numbers sooner than later. Yeah. Can't imagine they were very good. 
No. You know what I mean? So no. it's tough, tough time of year. I, I'm sure come December, it's going to be different again and everybody should kind of come back to par. But, um, you know, kudos for IHF for putting it on. Thank you. But yep. let's keep it as a one and done, right? <laughs> Say the least. Yeah. Um, uh, but, uh, anyways, I, I'm kind of moving on from, from that perspective, because I, I think we can kind of go all day on what we thought and didn't think, um, kind of want to just go right into the, the big news, man. I mean, like there's been a lot going on in this last, let's call it week, week and a half or so. Um, obviously the big one in Calgary is, you know, you look at a month ago and how they go from losing Goudreau, losing, um, uh, Kachuk you know, ideally bringing in a very good package for Horkachuk and getting uh, Uyghur and Huberto. But everyone's sitting there thinking, well, you're still taking a step back, right? They go out and sign uh, Nazem Kadri, seven by seven. What's your take? Uh, So now instead of a step back, it's like a half a step back. And it's not that bad. Having Kadri at seven by seven was, I think, cheaper than I was expecting, even though he's probably worth in around that seven, maybe just a little under. I thought that he was going to get overpaid. thought he was going to be going to look at getting eight or nine, but maybe gems around the league were like, no, we're not giving you that amount. So Mm -hmm. uh, it led to seven, but no, good for Calgary. You know, he's a a player that gets in under your skin, a, a player who can put up points on the board. A guy that now can replace. I'm not saying like he's just like Matthew Kachuk, but has that same playing style, and I think that'll be that'll be great for Calgary. Uh, he can play alongside Huberto and maybe managing a Pony. I don't know how the lamps are going to look. Um, obviously, that's up to Daryl Sutter, but um, no, I think it's a good move for them, and you know it fills the void of now you've got Huberto and Kachuk, um, and now you've you lost. Or not Huberto and Kachuk, Jesus. Huberto and Kadri, and, and then you've replaced with, I mean, you got Goudreau and Kachuk who have now are gone. But you know what? Good for Brad Tree living. I think he made good moves considering what, you know, the hand was had dealt to him. So, uh, no, good for him. I think Calgary's not going to be in. They got Mackenzie Weger too. So you got like another D-man plus two forwards. So, I don't know. I think they'll be all right next year. I don't think they're really hurting that bad now after that signing. Yeah, I mean, you brought up three good points there. Uh, tree living, kudos. You really could have accepted defeat and just kind of said, okay, I'm you know, not necessarily taking a step back, but let's regroup a little bit this year, see what we have and go from there. Yep. He just said, screw that, right? Like he didn't need to worry about what was going on. He f- He's always been pursuing, or Calgary, I should say, not necessarily tree living, has always pursued Kadri, even back to his Maple Leaf days. Uh, if you remember correctly, Nazem Kadri actually vetoed a trade to Calgary. Uh, I cannot specifically remember, but I'm pretty sure it, uh, it was a revolving around Kadri and Sam Bennett. I believe the package mm. kind of close to it and Kadri vetoed going out there. So that was a big thing for them that they stuck to their guns and were able to get him. Uh, obviously, you brought yeah. up the uh, the Uyghur thing. Yep. It's tough to lose two top six forwards. It's yep. even, in my opinion, it's tougher. Mm to gain a top four defenseman. So when you yep. look at it, Calgary, one of the best offenses in the entire league last year. And as much as they kind of transitioned a few players, they still have their main pivot centerman in Elias Lindholm, who's arguably yep. one of the most underrated players in the entire league. Um, yep. and should very well be a Naselki candidate next year without mm-hmm. doubt. So I think when you look at that perspective of saying, okay, we didn't necessarily get worse offensively, but we did get better defensively, I think. Yep. It's it's a win for me personally, right? Um, 
the biggest thing that I look at, just strictly from being an Oilers perspective, and the reason that Calgary lost, it wasn't that they couldn't compete with Edmonton. It was just simply that Edmonton's best players were better than Calgary's best players. That There's no other way to put it. Mm-hmm. Everybody wants Dreisaitl and McDavid, and they go, oh, there's such a massive drop-off in Edmonton between McDavid and Dreisaitl and their top set. No shit! Do you know <laughs> how good Dreisaitl and McDavid are? There should be a drop-off to your third best oh, yeah. forward. And if there isn't, then that's pretty damn good hockey team. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So when you look at it, and the people argue with me. They're like, well, Edmonton's top six. So you've only got Hyman and you've got Yamamoto in there with Nugent Hopkins or something. And I'm going, they'd be top six forwards on just about any hockey team in the league right now. I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure 31 other teams would love Evander Kane at $5.1 million. Absolutely. That's going to be a steal next year. Yeah. I looked at that and I said, like, at the end of the day, Calgary wasn't a bad team. It just simply came down to the fact that realistically Edmonton was able to put out the lines when they needed to capitalize on their advantage when they could. And basically Mike Smith just had to be equal, if not comparable to uh, Markstrom. Markstrom, uh, It was interesting. I like you. I'm pretty high on the flames next year. I don't see how they can't take a step back realistically especially yeah. from being in the pacific division and you do have quite a few teams in the west that are iffy nowadays and you're going to get your nine ten games out of those guys so you should sure. expect to win but the parody in the nhl nowadays is probably as high as it's ever been right recently johnny goodrow mm-hmm. going to columbus right a lot of shocking signings there's a lot of big yeah. trades that teams are yeah. now no longer in the dump you got your chicago blackhawks of the world that are falling off the cliff Everybody thought Pittsburgh was going to fall off the cliff and they kept their three alive or whatever, right? So you never know when, when uh, Pittsburgh's going to, you know, ideally within the next couple of years, they're going to have to. They're not, can't play till they're 80. Um, but you're starting to see that revolution a little bit kind of turning around. LA Kings, yeah. I'm sure, going to be similar within the next couple of years. They've done a very good job at keeping their system together with the big pieces they have. But um, yeah. I'm kind of digressing a little bit, but. Yeah, yeah, big, big shakeup. I mean, I we can talk about that kind of kind of closer to the season of teams that we're kind of expecting or not expecting whatever to do better. Um, you know, even too, just news out of today, Paul Stastny is off the board. He went oh, to the right. Hurricanes, which is big news. So he, it's not necessarily a huge piece, uh, but for them to to bring in a major veteran presence, they've oh, added, right. they went and added Patrick Burns, and now Stastny this year. Yes, they're getting a little bit older, but that's a hell of a lot of experience. I understand yep. Pacioretty is not playing. It, I don't know when he's going to come back. That could be a full season LTIR. It could be this, this, or that, whatever. But to add Stastny for their third line center, PK, that's great, great pickup for them. He, he's going to slide in effortlessly. A um, couple other free agents still out there, though. Phil Kessel, PK Subban, uh, Evan Rodriguez technically is still out there. Ed Rodriguez, I think, if I'm correct, had 30 goals in Pittsburgh, didn't he? I think maybe I'm wrong. You you go ahead. I'm going to look that up there quick. But what's your just take on some of those free agents that are still out there? Where do you think Filthy Phil's going to end up? Phil. Oh, good old Phil. Holy, has he ever been in the present? Toronto for so many years. You know, that name comes up everywhere. A lot of fan. He's a fan favorite. Everyone loves him. 
I don't know. I've heard rumors to to the Oilers, but I just don't know like what they're gonna pay or where, where he's gonna fit. I mean, that, I've heard that and Subban. I've been hearing news that way too. I mean, if you get Subban on a cheap deal, I think he wouldn't be bad on your back end. When he was having a nine point five million price tag attached to him, everyone's like, "Whoa, I am not touching that." But if you get him on a really cheap deal, I I don't see why Subban wouldn't. He'd be he'd be a good fit for that uh, the bottom, you know, end of that uh, the decor. So. I don't know where exactly. I mean, that's only rumors I've heard. So who God knows where he ends up. But I mean, you know, who knows? Maybe, maybe Toronto on the end. But they already have enough demon as it is. But I don't know. I don't know where those guys end up. I'm surprised they're not signed yet, though. I mean, they're still names as they're getting older in their career, sure. But I mean, I'm surprised they haven't been signed yet. Maybe they want in a little more than they think they can, you know, get. Yeah. So two things. I mean, first, uh, three things. A, Rodriguez did not score 30 goals. Uh, he was a 19-goal scorer, so I blew smoke on that one. Um, he did have 43 points, though, so it was a, a, a career year, um, which is up from his previous high of 29 points to 43, which is a pretty significant jump, I'd say. Um, yep. So good for him. He even had uh, three goals, two assists, five points, and seven playoff games this year, too. So could prove it, right? Uh, yeah. Well, that's my bad. That's that's my ant dash for the day. Dash. Um, but uh, filthy Phil. Um, tough man. I really think he's one of those domino pieces that's gonna come into effect now that a lot of these free agents are kind of clearing names. Um, I personally, personally, this is just an opinion. I really think that Islanders had a big push for Kadri. And then ideally would have ultimately affected their two recent signings, right? So they just re-signed Dobson, and then they recently just re-signed, um, uh, shoot, I forget who they also just re-signed. Uh, Rom- they Rom- Romanoff and Bellows. Oh, Rom- Romanoff, and, Bellows Rom- Romanoff and Dobson, that's right. So two key pieces on their defensive core. Obviously, they're going to re-sign those guys. But it's just a matter of making the money fit, right? If you bring it in Kadri at seven some odd mil, they're going to have to move somebody else out, right? It's yep. tough to clear a crappy contract these days. Um, mm-hmm. Unless you're Kyle Dubas that just wants to throw around first rounders like they're pieces of bubble gum. But I, I just couldn't see that. So I think there's dominoes, uh, which I get into Kessel, like I said, is he's going to go to a team and you already know he's going to outperform his contract. Like it's too obvious if you may give him a one year three mil or something like that, he's going to mm-hmm. outperform that. Like, I don't yeah. think he had a very good year for goal scoring, but I think he still had 40 some odd apples, which would be probably top five assist totals for just about any team in the league, right? Yeah, if he puts up 43 up. points and just shoots a bit better than I think 4% or something that he was this year and goes a yeah. little bit more to the norm, not eight, 9% even, he yeah. scores seven, eight more goals, right? And out of nowhere, he's, you know, no longer a 60 point guy and he jumps into the 70 point plateau. Uh, you get him with the right guys, right? I'd love to see him go back to Pittsburgh for one. Yeah, I think he'd be a good fit in Toronto as well. Ironically, um, <laughs> the only reason I don't see it fitting in Toronto is I don't like the dynamics of their second and or third line. And I also don't see him fitting into the power play. So why would he choose to want to go there? Um, in my opinion, um, I, I don't know. I don't disregard the Edmonton side of things. Mm-hmm. I think having the right shot is a, a good upgrade, but I don't think that's where they really need it, so to speak. Um, I don't know. I don't have a specific team. I kind of feel yeah. like he's going to go to a, not a contender, but a middle team, middle rank, 
and just sort of outplay his contract, possibly go to a team that's a little bit lower, get traded at the, the deadline. Maybe that's his, his game plan, right? Mm-hmm. Um, or from another team's perspective, more often than not, they're the ones that sign you knowing that you're going to trade you at the, at the deadline. And basically, it's just a free draft capital pickup, right? Yeah, um, but uh, yeah, so there's quite a few good names left out there. I think now that Kadri's gone and a couple of the signings are are in play, um, you're going to start to see more contracts flown out, mate, thrown yep. out. Pardon me. Maybe you see a couple more PTOs this year, um, just so that you're not screwing yourself over and not getting the money that the player's worth. You bring in a PTO, and it's almost like a under the table arbitration, right? see how you're going to fit, see what happens. Maybe you're not a good fit with our locker room instead of just out paying for them, like Subban in particular. That's who I think with this particular example. I don't think people want to pay him very much money right now because they don't know if he can actually still play. Um, He's always going to bring energy. He's going to bring aggressiveness and attitude, but he's always going to have the shot, sure. But has he ever thought the game extremely well? Has he ever truly made a, a crazy impact consistently right two years you can think of particularly right yeah. the first year he came in in the playoffs and then i think the one year with nashville he scored 20 yeah. goals or something like that but yeah other than that i mean good for you for getting that massive paycheck but i don't see it coming right so i could see him going to to a team that is very very similar to kessel uh, maybe they both go together i don't yeah. know that's a good veteran you know one two if you really want to add that considering they're both bottom line players now uh, but yep. that could be an interesting way to look at it um just to kind of speed it up a little bit just to go in because i wanted to make sure we had a little bit of time here patty kane <sighs> big big news recently i mean i think we talked about it every single gm needs to be making a call to chicago if you're not you're not doing your due diligence Every yeah. team wants a guy like Patty Kane. You can't pay him ten and a half mil. That's not going to happen. Can you get him at fifty percent? How many teams at this time of year in contention still have five million dollars to play with? Not many. So not many. The way I see it, it's either a you're overpaying for him, and it's tough to say about a guy like that because you don't know where his head's at next year you might get him for one year you really want to give up a high-end draft pick and a first rounder for patty kane if you end up losing him if you win the cup it's worth it but how many teams truly want to take that risk right so that's where i think this is where it's going to come in you're going to get a third team involved yeah i'm telling you right now prediction time (laughs) patty kane is going to be traded this offseason patty kane will be traded in a three-way trade at which both teams will retain 25% of the value and Chicago will trade 50% or hang on to 50%. That will happen because yep. then you get Patrick Kane at about two and three quarter million, which holy fuck. Oh, you can get laughing. that guy in your lineup for under three mil. You're laughing. Problem being, laughing. that's a lot of work on the back end, right? So uh, I know he his name's been swirling around with... Um, with the Leafs lately, the Oilers have been tied to him for the last couple months, actually. Um, yep. But I, I just don't see it, right? I, I think I said this to maybe you or someone last week. Look out for Vegas on this one. Watch out for the Vegas Golden Knights with that $12 million in LTIR that they've got rung up. That could be someone that steps up and, and, and gets Patrick Kane now. 
Who's on there? Shea Weber and who? Robin Leonard. Oh shit! Yeah, they right. almost have twelve and a half million dollars to deal with in long-term IR. Both of those players have basically said they're not playing for the next season. So they still need a goalie, right? They still need a goalie. I get that. Yeah. But let's say you go out and get a goalie at two and a half mil. You technically can go over the cap by almost 10 mil. You could bring in Kane at full value and not have to give up a full first rounder or draft picks, whatever, if you've got the cap. Yeah. Think about it. Three-way trade, right? Chicago, Vegas, and... I don't know, Arizona, Arizona. maybe? <laughs> Did you know they're very well ready to take on cap? Uh, right? That Lamanite team is and strong. And you're starting five, Jacob Trickren, Keller, and in goaltender, $6 million in cap. <laughs> ASU fans, raise your hands. Oh, my God. I mean, like, it's, wow. I could see it, right? Three-way trade there, right? It's going to yep. have to go down like that to, yep. to make the number work. but. Uh, speaking of Arizona too, Jacob Chikrin, that guy still wants out, right? A lot of teams that are going to be very, very interested in his services. So yeah, you never really know. I think he comes to a contender personally. Um, oh, yes. I think he doesn't get traded until about a month in. There's going to be injuries, unfortunately. There's going to be teams that are ready to move on. There's going to be teams that weren't in the playoffs uh, picture that or, or vice versa should have been and are not going to be in the playoffs. There's so many different things that happen about a month, two months in um, just before Christmas that I could see him maybe trade deadline, but I could see him going a bit before uh, the deadline just to really improve on a couple teams. And he's going to be a tremendous pickup no matter what way you, you front that. Um, I think he'd be a good fit in any Canadian market because he just seems like the kind of dude that could handle himself. We hear that a lot. We see that a lot. And then it doesn't work out. You have a lot of guys that come to Canadian markets and outperform it. Who knows, right? Um, what about you? Any other free agents? Any other trades you kind of are expecting to see? Or could we see that you're kind of thinking of? Uh, I just want to go back to Kane. Patrick Kane. Yeah, on yeah, my absolutely. Yeah. And um, well, there's two options that I had in my head. And they haven't really been brought up much. but. I think the New York Rangers is an option. I think they can put together a nice package. Um, the Rangers are in a, I want to say a win now situation, but it's getting close. Like they've been very close a couple of years, especially last year. They're in the conference finals against Tampa Bay. They played well. They played great. They got a good goaltender. He's one of the best in the world. Um, and then you got, you know, Panarin. Kreider had his best season. I'm interested to see if he can do something that similar next year. I don't know. Um, and then Zabinajad, who had a great playoff year. And then we talked about earlier, like you said, Truba played amazing. Um, you got Lindgren on the back end. There's so many key pieces. And then eventually, if Kako and Lafreniere, they start playing well, and they get outside those entry levels, now they're in a big, big, big question mark. So maybe they're in that two-year window where maybe we should put something big together and, and try and do this thing. And I think hey, that'd be a great place for them. Um, it's closer to home for them. Um, but I think that'd be a key spot. And then the other one was Buffalo. Would he go home? I don't know. I don't know if he if he's looking to win or he just wants to go home. I, I don't know. That's the only kind of tie I have with Buffalo. Play with the young guys, but then just to play in, in your home in your hometown with your home fans. He's 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 done it all. He's won everything. So we'll see there. Um, but yeah, those are the the key ones for that. Any other free agencies? I can't can't think of the top of my head. Um, a lot of them have been signed, and then obviously Kessel and Subban were the only two. So. I don't know. Yeah, I, I mean, like you were saying, we got to kind of 
kind of wait it out for the rest of the year. There's always going to be yeah. a couple depth pieces that are still going to find some teams like your yeah. Tyler Motts of the world. I don't know how is still uh, a UFA right now. Like that guy's going to go and make, he's going to, he'll, he'll be like your Andrew Cop of last year. Next year, Tyler Mott's going to come onto a team and they're going to fan base to just fall in love with the dude and just love him to death yeah. because he just yeah. does everything you want for your hockey team, but specifically does this tough things like you need in the playoffs. Um, yep. So yeah, it's it's interesting, and I and obviously too when we get a little bit closer, some of those things should, uh, you know, be a little more clear now, a little more transparent as to where teams are heading, maybe want to be heading that type of deal. So always, always so much to uh, to worry about when you get towards training camp too, right? So, mm-hmm. um, but uh, yeah, so I mean, like I said, there's still lots of time, like forty some odd days, right? There's plenty of time to work with and and see where we go and. Maybe we'll see a few big trades still, right? I mean, obviously, everyone's still looking at Kane and Taves as to getting out of there. There's a few t- players around the league that have been maybe talked about as potential trade candidates, a little toward their end of their contracts, whoever, mm-hmm. whatever. Um, two specifically went to Carolina this year, Brent Burns and Pacioretty. Um, So those were two big names off the list there. But um, yeah, it's interesting. We'll kind of just have to wait and see, right? A little bit of the waiting exactly. game now at this point. Yep. Um, yeah, no, for sure. But uh, yeah, so I I, I want to touch too. So this one to to kind of go on and end it on a little bit more of a uh, an upbeat note here. I want to ask you here: if you were to look from a purely sports perspective here, Canada, just look Canada sports, and you were to go, I think this is the best team in Canada amongst any sport: basketball, hockey, lacrosse pro wrestling if you want who is canada's and maybe not best team if you want to do best sure but best and or favorite team what's your take oh that's a good one i like that if you're gonna go by if you're gonna go by best team and have the most success in the past year yeah hate to say it but you gotta go Edmonton Oilers they've got to the third round they're they're by far they they prove themselves that they can do it is you know they're one step away from getting over that hump I mean you play Colorado as an absolute juggernaut and that's a, that's a tough matchup regardless you can even see it against Tampa Bay I mean they took them to six but they just walked them they walked Tampa Bay almost and it was insane because they won the two years before that um favorite team uh Canada wide I don't know that's a hard one I mean, I think you got to go Canada wide. I don't know. You go Blue Jays or Raps, maybe, because everyone's cheering for the one team across the whole country. Uh, you know, the Raps won three years ago, so that was a huge moment for them. And I think the Blue Jays have been, you know, one of, let's just say, one of the favorites to win it all. I mean, uh, they're having a bit of a slump, but um, you'd have to think those two just because you got Canada behind them rather than just an individual province. Right. And so that's kind of where I was leading into. It's it's very difficult to judge on that particular one. They're going to have a yeah. lot of opinions because hockey is such a touchy one because there are six or well, seven teams in Canada. So it's very unlikely if your favorite team is not one of the better ones, you ain't going to choose someone else. Right. Um, yeah. I don't necessarily think of it that way. I, I don't really see hockey too high on Canada's list. Um, yep. I'm in the same boat, man. Like I go with the Raptors. The Raptors are yeah. Canada's team right now, dude. Like when you think about it, they won a championship not long ago. 
yep. they sure as shit outperformed everybody's opinions last year. Uh, obviously, with yep. the uh, progression that Scotty Barnes has had now, they've got a solidified like front five that can compete absolutely in the East. Are they going to win? Probably not. But I mean, just still looking at it. I know today, as of August 23rd, early this morning, Kevin Durant said he's staying with the Nets. But staying, what's that mean? He's just extending his fucking Airbnb for three more days in Brooklyn? Like, what's what's staying, right? The guy didn't get what he wants, so he's all pissed off. Don't trade me then, blah, blah. Like, fuck off, right? Like, that guy's attitude yeah. is about as poor as it can. He might as well play for the Leafs, not a fucking guy, because he fit in perfectly with media here. But if he comes to the Raptors, and let's say you don't give up uh, Scotty, let's say you can still keep Pascal, you're probably not giving up Fred Van Vliet in that trade either. Wouldn't you do it? And would they not be arguably Canada's best team if they had KD come here with those guys? It depends how he like how the way he like performs in the like I'm say performs in the locker room, but how he acts around the guys. Like, is he a good leader? Is he going to push the other guys to win? That's what Kawhi Leonard did. You know, he's a great player on the court, great defensively. That's something KD lacks. But damn, KD's probably one of the best players in the league. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like you said, news came out. That's I'm interested to know what happens now because he had the ultimatum saying, if I'm staying, Nash and the GM are gone. And that's kind of like an eye-opener for those guys. Like, no one, like, in the NHL, no one says that, like, hey, I want to stay here, but you got to go fire the GM and the coach. That's how much, like, how much power that guy has. One individual on a team. Imagine if, like, McDavid and Matthews came out and said, like, yeah, we want to get rid of Keith and Dubas. What? it's crazy how much that has power it's very similar hey leaf fans what would you do <laughs> austin matthew strolls his little fucking sandal wearing motherfucking ass up to kyle dubas and says arizona looks pretty good don't it bud and he goes what do you mean well that's where i'm gonna be if your dumb ass is still in charge of the Leafs in two years yeah it's wild <laughs> right and- yeah at the end of the day, who's got more buying power, right? Austin Matthews or MLSE? I'll tell you one thing. The GQ cover boy is doing all damn right <laughs> these days in terms of gaining power for himself, right? And he loves the yeah. Toronto media's attention. So yeah. that's yeah, interesting. But back but anyways, I know I'm, I'm a little bit diverting, but I wanted to give another one. So I'm actually going to go off the board, and I'm going to say my number two, the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, the watermelon heads, bro. Yeah, like we like don't you see it as much those, in Ontario, but it, they're know, huge. Right? But you always see it, and they have had a good squad. I mean, I know it's only what seven, eight teams in the CFL, and I'm not going crazy saying, "Oh, you got to go watch a Rough Riders game." But that's yeah. a passionate ass fan base, dude. Yeah, it's just like they watch yeah. almost more CFL than they do NFL and and MLB, NBA out there. It's it's crazy, dude. So the Rough Riders get my honorable mention. Go watermelon head. Yeah. My, right? uh, the, my the cheese says the Green Bay Packers of the uh, of the CFL. My old head pro is like he was he grew up in that area and he says it's it's, it's fucking it's fucking nuts there like it's crazy like they fill stadiums left right and center like we only see the Argos and like I don't know I don't think they really fill and it's not a big name out of all those the sports that we watch here in Toronto but yeah he's in Saskatchewan it's like it's nuts they go crazy for it so mm-hmm. I can I can believe that. Yeah, dude, it's, 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 yeah, it's, it's cool, right? Cause they love their football that way. So, you know, good old country boys that way. Right. Um, I wanted to bring this up. So this is actually where the stem of the conversation came from. I was just kind of reading in and doing some things. I thought about it and I go, oh, you know, that's kind of an interesting little topic. 
I ended up finding an article actually as of April 13th. So not too, too long ago, just this year. Yep. Um, and it was a vote and I'm just double checking that I can read this correctly here. Um, it was part of a reputation study amongst 38,000, 38,000 Canadians. Um, I don't get the, I don't know the general specifics, but in terms of how they rank based on a reputation score, I'm, I'm assuming they gave it a score out of a hundred, right? The top three may not surprise you in technically number one, we got it. Raptors. All right. Yep. Reputation score of 59. Number two, the Bluebirds, right? Canada's okay. teams, if you will. They have no competition in Canada, right? Yep. Number three was shocking to me. The Winnipeg Jets. Wow. Came in as number three as a reputation wow. score of 55. So amongst Canada, and I was shocked to see a, uh, a hockey team so high. You got your Alouettes and Stampeders, two CFL teams that 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 top yep. out of top five. Winnipeg Jacks hopped in there, right? And they go back a while too, right? They've they've had quite the historic franchise. They've come, they've left, they've come back again. But uh, a lot of love for the Winnipeg Jets. Is this a consensus over like across Canada or in a certain province? So it's it's. I'm gonna try and quickly read here. Participants were asked to give each team a score of out of a hundred. Survey results yep. revealed the teams with the highest awareness did not necessarily have the highest reputation scores. Uh, okay. I don't think it says anything specific about Where? geographical. It just simply says that the the ledger published whatever 10 most reputable franchises part of the 25th annual reputation study ledger surveyed more than 38,000 Canadians. Okay. I thought Montreal Whether that was 38,000 Toronto people, whatever, but I thought that to be pretty interesting, man, just as a kind of a quick yeah. little tidbit, but it's uh, it definitely speaks. I mean, we're kind of in the same boat with that. We kind of understand it. Canada as a whole doesn't have as much basketball and baseball. It's just straightforward, yeah. right? So, yeah. That was pretty neat little uh, little thing to yeah. end up on there, right? But uh, yeah, that's cool. Yeah, so something to something to consider. Go raps. Yes, sir. Right. Twenty nineteen raps and six, baby. <laughs> um, all right. So finish off here. Um, let's talk just super quick. Um, obviously we've got the uh, the socials kind of going. I know we touched base a little bit last uh, last podcast on uh, us moving forward. Us, what we kind of want to do. Uh, we're, we're obviously looking into a few different outlets, uh, whether we're jumping in extremely fast or slow, I apologize if you're expecting anything. Um, but we've been trying to just sort of get the following base going, which is cool. Um, I think we'd like to do, and we've, we've kind of briefly touched base on this, uh, a potential, um, 500 follower giveaway or even potentially a 1000 now that we're kind of starting to gain traction so quickly. So, you know, maybe kind of stay in touch with that if you can, and kind of just keep engaging with comments, engaging and letting us know if you like it and don't like it. Uh, it's pretty awesome, but, uh, keep your ears and, and eyes open for a potential giveaway at a, a certain follower rank. So, you know, be afraid, don't be afraid to tell your friends. Um, but I just want to give a big shout out. So loot kingdom is yep. a, is a, is a card shop here locally in Barrie, um, uh, run by a gentleman by the name of Alex who's been extremely, extremely helpful to you and I getting going, whether it's the cards, whether it's just knowledge on that, talking sports, understanding different things about just the sports world. Um, yeah, we just wanted to give you a quick shout out to him. If you are interested in getting into that, I'm telling you right now, you're not too late to get in the sports cards. 
they're going to blow up very, very quickly. Um, and if you do need any knowledge, if you're looking for any cards, favorite players, teams, whatever, ask us. Ask, uh, ask yeah. at Loot Kingdom. Loot Kingdom's again the name of the store here in Barrie, Ontario. Um, and great dude, man, all around. So by all means, uh, shout out to you, Alex. Thank you. Uh, we're going to continue going with uh, a few options, taking the card route. It seems to draw quite a bit of attention and people talking. So I just wanted to kind of give my two cents on that. Yeah, no, I, I couldn't agree anymore. Uh, we are doing um, 24 days of ripping. I've got my packs here. So every day we're going to be ripping one pack. So stay tuned for that. That's all, you know, giveaway Curtis by Luke Kingdom. So, yeah, if you need your sports cards, Pokemon cards, Yu-Yu cards, any of the cards, check out Luke Kingdom. He's got everything, and he can help you from there. Any information you need. Love it. I think yeah. that's uh, going to touch up for today, dude. Uh, but for everyone out there yeah. listening, thank you so much for the support. And we'll be uh, back with you guys again yeah. soon. Ciao, awesome. Manga. Thanks, guys.